It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce master plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you've got an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on work with Chloe. There you'll find a link to a form to fill in and I aim to get back to all um, applications within one working day. Right, enough of that. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Aman Advani is the CEO and co-founder at Ministry of Supply. They're a fashion retailer with some very cleverly engineered products. They launched in 2012 and have now shipped tens of thousands of products all over the globe. Hello, Aman. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. And um, I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about the products from you because um, I know I couldn't possibly manage to explain them well. But before we go and talk about that, can you let us all know how you got started in e-commerce, please? Yes. I mean, I think e-commerce for us was uh, was just a fantastic, easy way to get in on a product that we, a uh, product category, I should say, that we were just really excited about. So we met as a founding team in 2011. We were students at MIT at the time engineers by background and uh, honestly we were just tinkering with this product and I'll, I'll dive more deeply into that soon but uh, with this product kind of category that we called performance professional that would kind of replace the existing wardrobes that we had at home and so we kind of started tinkering with this and found some some really big breakthroughs and said okay well how do we bring this to life how do we show people what we've done and um, so simultaneously we went out and tried to do you know, table sales, trunk shows, stuff like that. Um, and then also launched a website and, and, and two of them kind of grew, I think somewhat simultaneously. So we could explore exactly how we could talk to people through e-com and also how we could kind of take what we learned, um, from talking to people in person and apply it there as well. Cool. So you, you kind of, it, it was product came first and then you tested e-commerce as a right, a route to market even. And that really just took off for you. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Oh, cool. Well, look, let's let's uh, put everyone out of their um, intrigue, I suppose. Kill off the intrigue. Let's. Do you want to explain what performance professional clothing actually is? Yeah, I, that's absolutely. That's what I uh, I do it all too often. So it's it's exciting <laughs> for us because it's it's something that we think is kind of going to become a new normal in, in your wardrobe and a, and a staple of what you wear. So effectively, the principle is just taking everything you love from your favorite gym clothes. So think all that comfort, performance, um, all that technology. And a lot of the core principles behind that, uh, we engineer into your least favorite dress clothes. So think, as a simple example, a dress shirt that's super soft and stretchy, won't hold sweat stains, won't hold wrinkles, you know, stays tucked in, uh, just something you actually look forward to wearing. I think we all came from this world where we dreaded getting kind of quote unquote dressed up. And, uh, and our goal is to just remove that dread and turn it into something you actually look forward to through technology uh, in this category. It's having, you know, looked at it on the website and, and all the rest of it. To me, it seems like such an obvious thing to have done, but something I would never have thought of. Um, and it's it's like, why on earth in this day and age have we not made the, you know, the more professional clothes that we have to wear more comfortable? It seems kind of crazy it hasn't happened already. 
Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I mean, I think on, on the one hand, my my answer is yeah, you're right. Um, I, I don't know why. Um, on the other hand, as we go through this, we find that you know so much of this is just a, it's we say it's kind of a bunch of volatile compounds, right? It's this it's the uh, elementary school volcano experiment where you're putting a bunch of you know really highly technical fibers, fabrics, construction methods all into a pot, and you're hoping for the best. So, I would say I think the only reason that we can point to as to why this hasn't been done before is because as we found out, it's really hard. Uh, you know, you don't just throw a little bit of spandex into a dress shirt and hope for the best. Uh, it takes a lot more behind the scenes. And I think we even knew when we signed up for this. Cool. Okay. I think everyone's now got the product. So let's just explain them to them a little bit more about the business before we kind of get into the meat of the interview. So you're stateside um, and you're selling literally everywhere around the world? Yeah, that's right. So I think that's kind of part of the beauty of e-com is that we don't have to limit ourselves so you know squarely and saying, here's what we're selling. Unfortunately, we're able to sell anywhere across the world. Now, our, our, our brick and mortar business is, is entirely US-based, um, but we do have a significant portion of the business, somewhere between 10 and 15% that's outside of the US. So it isn't, uh, it isn't a small number. And the brick and mortar side of it, how many stores are you running? We've got seven stores in the U.S. Um, and, and, and looking to kind of continue to build that. But I would say uh, responsibly build that, right? We like to enter, you know, a couple of new markets a year instead of just uh, hitting the ground and, and flooding the market. All about finding the right place and the right opportunity rather than yeah crazy growth. That's right. I think in, in, in the world we're talking about here, of course, it's also how does it play with e-com, right? And making sure that you're not cannibalizing your e-com sales, but actually, you know, multiplying the business, not not uh, not just replacing it. Okay. And um, what e-commerce platform have you chosen to sell on? Are you Shopify, or Magento, or have you gone something more bespoke? We've gone with Shopify largely, although we've, we've I'd say, uh, built more um, custom plugins and, and, and tools and features than I think we'd care to admit. Although as, as we grow with Shopify and are in, in pretty close touch with their team, um, we've been fortunate to have a lot of the features that we had previously thought we needed to build or had built start to become standard features and the product going forward. So we're, we're excited to kind of continue to move forward with them. Cool. And any, um, any standard plugins that you found incredibly useful on that platform? You know, nothing to call out. I'd say the core functionality is where we like to kind of sit, where it's not just a bunch of layers of, of, uh, mm-hmm. of apps on top. And that core functionality just continues to grow with some of the big tools they're rolling out soon with, you know, multi-location, uh, with some of the international kind of translation tools they're rolling out that will continue to stay on board and, 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 and jump in when those are ready to, to go to market. Very cool. And how many of you are there in the Ministry of Supply team these days? Yeah, there's about 40 of us in total uh, across the company. Wow. And how many of those are working on the website of the business? Because I'm guessing quite a few of those are going to be sh- shop staff. Yeah, it's a great question. What we found is a, a good balance between what we do in-house and what we do out-of-house. So I'd say somewhere around two to three of us is a good guess, although everyone's hat isn't so clean that I can just give you an easy answer. Um, but the reality is that there's there's probably twice that outside of our four walls that are somehow spending you know at least a few hours a week on our e-com presence. So it, it is something where you, you think about that and say kind of, well, well, working on the website is not only the actual kind of e-commerce mm-hmm. engine, but also all the content that goes into it is certainly part of that. And that number then just grows exponentially when you start to uh, bleed back into what you include there. Got it. And you said you outsource quite a few things in the e-commerce arena. What are the, the core things that you're just so pleased you don't have to do under your own roof or that you've been able to find a great person to deal with for you? Just a couple of tips for the audience. Yeah. You know, I think what, we, what we've kind of found is that perfect line is to say a lot of the creative, a lot of the kind of stuff that makes us us, we should do on our own. 
Um, so, you know, a lot of the UX, UI, all the photography, um, you know, any of the content, any of the copywriting, we do that on our own front end design. Um, but when you get into the back end, it's saying, hey, there's, there's people that are better than that than us. Um, and as a, as a kind of a young and growing company, we, we, you know, our, our resources are better allocated elsewhere when we talk about bringing roles in-house. And so we've got just this incredible outsourced partner um, who we've just had kind of honestly just on a retainer for years now. Mm-hmm. who is just constantly helping us to optimize the site to, to work with us to kind of tweak and implement changes that we get through conversion tests through um, other partners that are doing tests on the site that this one partner has just been a, a rock for us um, to bring these changes to life. Okay, cool. So the the tech kind of the techie stuff, the analytical stuff, outsource it, but anything that's core to the brand, never outsource. Is what we're saying. That's 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 where we've landed. I think what we found is that that's. I mean, it's also just it depends on your skill sets too, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's just what, what we're good at is kind of what we say design and make. Um, and and that's the stuff behind the scenes. It's just we should make sure that we romance this product and that customers see it with the same level of light and love that we do. And that's you know best done in house. And then when it's time to get through the nitty gritty of of the tactics of of shopping, there are people that are better than that than us. And so we should you know solicit their help. So with all that you've got going on at Ministry of Supply right now, what do you think is the most awesome thing about it for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think there, there's there's two kind of obvious answers there. One that we've been talking a little about as a team, but since we've, we've hit on that a little bit, I think we have a really special group of people here. But I think the other one um, that, that doesn't go unnoticed is, is just the product we've got coming down the line this fall and winter is just on another level. And uh, and we're just so excited. I mean, one of the highlights there that's that's quite public is um, is this heated jacket that we're launching. It's our first take on you know true wearable technology. So it's you know an app controlled, uh, Alexa enabled machine learning uh, heated jacket. So you put this thing on, and it, it you know it's got uh, sensors on it to understand your temperature, the external temperature, and your motion. Um, it's got the machine learning algorithm actually flashed onto a microcomputer in the jacket itself. Um, so it's just this kind of exciting piece for us to enter a whole new world um, of, of kind of what, what is traditionally thought of as wearable technology. Wow. So literally I could go, um, oh, I was going to say, the reason I'm pausing is because if I say this, things might happen in people's houses, but hell, let's just go for it. Um, so I could say, Alexa, warm up my jacket. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, and I think for us, it's even kind of when we hear that out loud, we're saying, hey, that's that's kind of wild. But you know, that's that's the intent. And that's what we're designing around is to make sure that, that we kind of build into an existing set of behaviors that people have. And if people want to um, you know, yell, yell at Alexa to, to heat up their jacket, then we should make that possible. Very cool. So you could literally just be, you know, I guess it gets rid of... Um rid of that debate of which coat do I take today? Am I going to be warm enough? You just go, well, yeah. there's, there's only one coat to take, isn't there? That, that's the idea is that we kind of, uh, you know, we were tired of this layering system where it was just constant put on, take off. Um, you know, you stop at a bus stop and your body cools down dramatically or you, uh, you know, you get to work and you, 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 you need to heat back up. So it's just all these kind of micro moments in your day that we were designing around. Very cool. And let's, let's talk a bit more about the product because you say, you know, how exciting and awesome it is that you've got lots of very cool products coming down the line. I guess, you know, you're what, five, six years into the business now. So you started off with how many products with like a, a full clothing range, a full wardrobe, or was it one or two when you started? You know, we started with with a, with a, a single dress shirt, and I think that's something we take a, a lot of pride in is that we've built the collection very carefully. We build by piece, not by season. Um, mm-hmm. 
and every piece is taken quite, you know, almost every piece is its own season, right? Where it's going through, you know, a half dozen prototypes, fittings, tests. Um, it's going through uh, a ton of customer feedback that's being fed right into the product. And we, you know, it's, it's often kind of halted entirely if we can't get it perfect. Uh, come back to that kind of volatile comment, uh, the, the volatile compounds comment I made earlier. Sometimes all, you know, we threw all the right ingredients in, but the wrong thing came out. Yeah. Um, and in those cases, we just stopped production. I mean, I think with denim, we, we, we paused twice. Uh, it took us about three years to get our first de- batch of denim out and it sold out in just a few hours. And so for us, it's, it's kind of this care and, and, and carefulness that we place on each individual product um, to build that collection. So now we have kind of a full line for men's and women's. Um, but, but so much left to build still. So on the, on the outset, you can get dressed head to toe in ministry, but, um, but a lot more to come. Excellent. I, I like that. You're definitely the opposite to the world of fast fashion. That's right. That's exactly right. Which I'm hoping you take as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I absolutely do. Cause it's definitely meant that way. So the, so the, the product range has evolved over the years. One of the, and it's clear that, you know, you've put a lot of effort into getting that product right. One of the things I found quite impressive on your site, and it's something we talk a lot about, certainly in the UK industry is, you know, should we do free returns? Should we not do free returns? How are returns crippling, um, fashion businesses and all that, all that sort of thing. And I see on your website, you offer 100 day returns and exchanges for free. That's, that seems very above and beyond. To what I see normally around the world, yeah, I think it's kind of us just, and, and you'll see other kind of guarantees or, or notions of our confidence in the product back there. I think that's because we've gone through so much to get to the point where we're, the product's on the market. Right? We don't put testing product on the market; we put product on the market where we're really ready for it to, to shine. And so, if that's the case, then we should stand behind it and, and not feel feel shy. And we do have people that take us up on day ninety nine, and we're happy to to, to do it. Um, if it, if it didn't come to what you expected it to be, then that's okay. It, you know, again, it is, it is boldly different from what's on the market today. So sometimes that's an expectation people didn't have going into it for whatever reason, and, and they want to return it. That's totally fine. Um, we have, despite that, still found our return rate to be dramatically below what we understand to be industry norms. So uh, something we'll continue to stand behind. And I guess getting a, it always seems to me that getting a good return rate, as in getting a good conversion rate, getting good X, Y, Z in an e-commerce business comes down to a mix of two things. It's one, having the right product, but it's also getting the right customer to come and buy that product. Is that something you've worked on as well? The kind of the flip side, making sure the right people are coming to the website, to the physical stores to actually buy the product in the first place? You're saying website versus physical stores, or are you saying when they're on the website to buy the right product? I'm saying the right customer coming in. Because, you know, if you, it doesn't matter how good a shirt is, if the wrong customer's buying it, then, yeah, you know, the wrong a, demographic, a, the wrong mindset, et cetera, then there's going to be a bad a fit point. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I think there's two things I would say there. One is that, I think that's why, you know, when you're looking at metrics, the all up metrics of kind of, um, you know, not just cost per click, not just conversion rate, but your entire mm-hmm. all up metric from an e-com standpoint, marketing wise is understanding your CPA and saying, if you start to break it down, so well, we have a really good, you know, cost per click, then, then you all of a sudden might get tricked into saying, well, it's, that, that might be bad traffic, right? People that aren't aligned to your brand, but we have a really good conversion rate, but we're not sending the right, you know, volume yeah. of traffic over so it is, a, it is a call for, you know, why you should kind of constantly make sure that dashboard, you know, while, while everyone's always into leading metrics that you're always looking at, you're all up to. Um, the second thing I'd say is, is a more kind of um, 
I don't know, wider, wider level of, of how we think of this is that we've always phrased this thing kind of a return rate um, or our happiness rate is just a product of reality and expectations and how the two align. So mm-hmm. if the reality is better than the expectation set, then you're happy and you keep your product and you, your NPS is high. Um, if the reality falls short of the expectation or different from the expectation, not necessarily better or worse, um, that's where you see NPS issues. That's where you see return rate you know, spike. So for us, it's really just a matter of constantly just making sure that the expectation matches reality as perfectly as possible, whether that's through photography, through copy, um, or certainly uh, heavily when we're in store. Excellent. And you mentioned NPS in there, which... Um... I, I, I'm going to say I, I know what it means because I'm in one of those moods today where I, I need people not to know I'm stupid. But um, <laughs> could you just explain NPS for those who are listening who are currently scribbling it down? Because I hear about it a lot in the world of SaaS and the type of business I run, but I don't hear, it, hear about it quite so much in the world of retail. So could you just explain about NPS for the audience, please? Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's, a, it's really straightforward. So it's a one-question survey that, you know, it's called Net Promoter Score. And it's a one-question survey. Uh, and I don't, I don't have enough on kind of what the uh, longer-term background is. But the, the survey is just one question. It's how likely is it that you'd recommend our company or, or service to a friend or colleague? Um, and it's on a zero to 10 scale. Uh, and like it's just a one question survey. So the actual take rate on it is quite high. And you just take your attractors, which are people that answer nine and 10. And you subtract it from your detractors percentage wise, uh, zero to six. Uh, sevens and eights are considered neutral. And you come out with a score um, that can be anywhere between negative 100 and 100. So it's percentage based. So if 100% were detractors, then it's zero minus 100. And your NPS is negative 100 like your least favorite cable company, maybe um, <laughs> floating in that range. And then you get kind of the, the Disney's of the world who, who tend to set the bar at the top end. You are just, you know, full of people leaving, you know, these, these big parks, just happy as a clam and uh, all, you know, loudly promoting these brands externally. So, I mean, I think, you know, uh, we, we looked recently a couple of years ago, Nike and J crew were floating in the 20 to 30 NPS range as two kind of data points to give you a sense of, of what NPS looks like. We found it to be really helpful as a company wide all up metric. That's a little bit more qualitative than just revenue, right? People buying mm-hmm. stuff is, you know, tells you one thing, but people's general desire to share your message and, and promote your brand is, is entirely separate and based on a lot of different factors. Yeah. I have to say I'm, I'm a big fan of NPS for its, pure simplicity you know it it's a really powerful tool despite the fact it's so simple as many powerful tools actually are incredibly simple so um so it's good it's good to hear about another e-commerce retail business actually using it so uh it's been fantastic excellent and um there was one question i wanted to ask you before we go into the top tips round which is you've kind of created a whole new product range you know, a whole new product category, I suppose. And you've launched that e-commerce business into this brand new category. I know we'll have a couple of listeners who are kind of doing similar, a similar thing, maybe with, in fashion, maybe in another, another um, big product sector. Have you got a couple of tips for them, for anyone who's trying to start e-commerce in a brand new space? Yeah, it's such a great question. I think that uh, it's kind of the, the, the main thing I come back to, and it's something we've learned over and over, is kind of pick your battles. Um, and to say that, you know, when you're starting a new category, you're also, you know, you're faced with so many more challenges than just a product challenge. You're also faced with, you know, uh, finding team members who are, are just as excited about the intersection or the kind of new product category you're creating, potentially finding investors who are kind of excited about this new category, manufacturers who can make the product. So you have so many other challenges that, that you should pick your battles. And that's where we say when it comes to 
ecom specifically um that that not picking as many battles there right and saying at that point e-commerce is a great channel to use to tell your story don't try to go and reinvent it don't necessarily try to go and you know create an entire back end from scratch all these things that people used to do five or ten years Mm -hmm. ago before great tools existed um and that's not you know that's not a one-size-fits-all piece of advice that's just what we've found to be the case is that the simpler we can keep um everything else the more we can spend our time and attention focused on our differentiator which would be your brand and your product, I'm guessing. That's exactly case. right. Yeah. 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 It's like the, it's very hard. Those are the kind of the key differentiators, I think, along with probably customer service these days in e-commerce, because there is no real benefit to be gained from the back end these days. It's not a point of difference. It's not what, what a customer is going to keep coming back to you for. But if you get it wrong, then they'll very quickly disappear. So that's exactly right. That's such a great way to phrase it. If that's not a core differentiator, then then then, uh, then just hit the table stakes. Yeah, and the the good thing is these days the table stakes. There are so many awesome solutions out there which give you very very high quality solutions to those problems, enabling you to go and focus on the things that actually make the difference. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Okay, let's do the top tips then. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Aman, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oof, I'm, I'm going to give an answer that I fear might be cliche, but I'm going to give it anyway because it's one I'm, I'm, I'm generally just kind of a constant net promoter score of 10. Um, and that's a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. I think it just kind of summarizes what's made great companies great for you know decades on end and is just packed full of little uh, helpful lessons throughout. Such a good book and not mentioned enough on this podcast, quite frankly. Oh, good. Um, so I think, I think you're either the... F- you're only I think the second person to mention Jim Collins. And I can't remember the first person mentioned Good to Great or not, but it's uh, it's an awesome book. Um, oh good such a good book such a good recommendation um now i just want to quote things from it so i'm going to resist that urge. um and as you know i'll put one out there just to confuse everybody so they have to go and buy the book which is bullets before cannonballs there we go i like the teasers yeah there we go there's a teaser just to back up your recommendation there okay uh carrying on then uh the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves you know, I, 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 I'm going to give again what, what I hope to be not a cliche answer, but will at least reiterate what, what a lot of people might be saying that, that paid social isn't dead. Um, you know, I think it's one that, 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 that there's constant mixed feelings around. Um, Facebook, Instagram specifically for us, um, continue to have outsized returns. And I think that's where, uh, there's a lot of kind of constant debate that says it's been kind of the arbitrage is done there and, and, you know, looking on to the next channels. And I'd say for us, um, it continues to be a, a, a fruitful place to, to meet great people. I completely agree with you. Such a powerful channel. And I think those who think it's dead just don't know how to use it, in my experience. But, I, mean, that's, I think that's totally fair. And I think it's also looking back at you know, it's whether you know how to use it or making sure that your product is matched properly to your audience. You asked a question earlier about kind of audience qualifications, mm-hmm. that there are so many other factors that go into it that say that it's really just um, it's a it's a blank canvas that you get to pick what you do with. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, we we, uh, we often joke around the office about a tool called Boomerang for Gmail. Oh, I love a bit of Boomerang. 
Oh, good. Okay. Then you're familiar already with the, the short answer is it's just a really great tool for inbox management, which we found to be kind of a huge part of general productivity responsiveness communication is, uh, is clean, you know, easy managed, well-managed inboxes. And we found Boomerang to just be a spectacular way to boost that. Okay, the growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I, I like that you phrased this question with, with uh, an order of magnitude that is still kind of a, a, a young and growing company. And I think that the answer we'd give there is very much in the grassroots end and saying those those first thousand customers, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to shake you know many of their hands. Ecom can be a great way to support that. The transaction might happen through ecom, but the more you can kind of get out, uh, you know, leave the office, meet people, um, pedal your product in person to the degree that that's possible for you. Um, I'd probably put a lot of my time and attention there. It's what we did early on. You know, our first few hundred pieces were certainly sold in person. Um, again, whether the transaction happened through ecom or you know a, a swipe. Um, I would just I would put all of your attention into doing that because I think you learn so much based on people's reactions, based on how you pitch the product, based on people's uh, purchase behavior that you can see in person. That it's really hard to see when you're behind a screen. Another great piece of advice. Okay, Masterplan World, you can find all those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Aman, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and Ministry of Supply on the web and social media, please? Yeah, I think just find us at ministryofsupply.com, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y-O-F-S-U-P-P-L-Y. Uh, and the rest of it's pretty easy to find from there. So we won't we won't go into all of our handles, but uh, give it a look and, and take a peek and see what you think. Excellent. Well, look, I will add that link um, again in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Aman, you've been an awesome guest today. It's been a pleasure learning more about how you've grown Ministry of Supply. So thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Likewise, this was fun. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm guessing you all are wanting to go and have a look at that, that performance professional clothing right now and see see what it's all about. But really interesting to talk to kind of a, a business that's reinventing a fashion arena, um, a fashion area and coming totally new to it like that. And some really good tips there in the top tips section too. If you are still struggling to try and find the right fit on Facebook ads for you, then do go and check out the e-commerce master plan virtual summit. Uh, we've got a couple of great sessions in there about Facebook ads that will help you on that pathway. You can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Or of course, you could um, get some of my help on that very topic, on that very e-commerce marketing problem. If you head over to the website and um, click on work with Chloe and you will find out all about it. Please do join us in the Facebook group, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Let me know what you thought about this episode or any other. Or of course, if you would like to be a guest, always interested to hear from people who are listeners who would like to be a guest. Um, It's great to be able to help you share your stories. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.